Brother Attic, for that great uh, Christmas music, kind of putting us in the mood. Emmanuel, God with us. And he has promised to meet with us as we gather in his name. Do you believe that? Amen. Thank you so much for coming to chapel this week. We're glad that you're here. It's a very special set of chapel services as we're going to focus on Advent and what that means uh, to us as Christians as we anticipate and celebrate together this wonderful Advent season leading up to Christmas. Now, there are many different traditions and approaches to Advent. In some churches, the candles are multicolored. In others, they're a combination of white, pink, and blue. And in some churches, they're all white. And so we're going to use all white uh, this week. Uh, but each candle, as it is lit, will be explained to you about what it represents as we anticipate what Jesus brings, what Christ brings to us as Messiah, the one who comes, God in flesh, to draw near to us, to be with us, to be among us, and bring us love, joy, hope, and peace. So we're glad that you're here. I ask that you would open up your hearts and anticipate together that we're going to have a great time as we look into the Word, as we sing and rejoice, and anticipate in our hearts the coming of Christmas. Good evening. This is my beautiful daughter, Alexis. My wife and three younger ones are under the weather this evening. And so um, God promised that he would send one who would crush our adversary, Satan, the evil one, the prince of this fallen world. Now hear the word of the Lord. In Genesis 3, 14 through 15, we read, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Later on, the prophet declared that this promise would be fulfilled. Jeremiah 33, 14-16 declares, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. Later on, an angel appeared to Joseph and explained how God was going to fulfill his long-awaited promise and fulfill the hopes of all mankind. Matthew 1, 20 through 23. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The word of the Lord. This evening I will light two candles. The first candle represents the anticipation of God's people who are awaiting the fulfillment of God's promise, a Messiah, a Savior, one who restores hope and to a sinful, broken world, first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. His name is Jesus. The second candle represents the peace that we find in Christ. Paul quotes Isaiah 
in his letter to the Romans, which says, The root of Jesse will spring up one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will, ho will hope in him. We celebrate the fact that hope and peace has come and is coming again. Jesus is the hope of the world. We love him and we worship him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are so gracious for this time that we have to come openly together before you. We are here to worship you. I ask your anointing over the speaker and over all the worship. Pray your anointing over all the professors and all the students who are here. Be with us. We want to encounter you, Lord. We thank you that you are here with us and we are here to give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Delia Butler, one of our laypersons from the Eastboro Nazarene Church, is going to come now and sing, O Holy Night. What a nice turnout. I teach a Sunday school class um, there at Eastboro, and um, one of the ladies, she's here, but I won't look at her, um, was so anxious about, you know, taking classes here. She was going to be with people. She was usually behind a screen. And I thought, girl, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. The classes aren't going to be that large. And, and so she's, she's calm and she's enjoying being here. And I'm glad that you guys are here. And I hope that you can think about the beauty that is ours as Christians to celebrate. Christmas. And as we are learning in our church and being challenged by our pastor to spend more time with family, spend less time on gifts, and give more of yourself this holiday season. Let's not get all crazy with everything that goes on with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and everything else. Um, but um, I, I really hope that this Christmas season will be a special one for you for you and your family to develop new traditions and just be together as a family and enjoy one another. God bless you.
That certainly puts us in a mood for worshiping the King, doesn't it? Amen. Aren't you glad you're here tonight? Well, normally there are four services in an Advent service, but since we only have three nights of chapel this week, we're combining two of the candles, hope and peace, this evening into one service. 
How many of you grew up in a church that did not do Advent? Can I see your hands? Oh, I'm not alone. Okay. I guess we thought that was something that they only did at Nashville first. I'm not sure why we didn't do that. But I remember later learning about this wonderful celebration of anticipation, awaiting that time when we focus during these days on what it means that Jesus came to be our Savior and our Lord and dwell among us and to be with us and still be with us. So I'm glad that we can do that. And I encourage you, those of you who are pastoral ministry students, to learn these kinds of rituals and make them a part of your ministry. It really helps your people to focus on what the season is all about. You know, as we look forward to Christmas, we often hear talk about the hustle and the bustle. And I suppose it is that way for some people, especially if you focus on all the wrong things. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior at all, Christmas not even be a hassle. But it shouldn't be that way for you and for me. You see, Advent is that time of celebration, anticipation, that helps all of us to keep our focus on what Christmas is really all about. And it's our hope that during these three services in chapel this week, that we can help you to avoid getting caught up in that hustle and bustle or hassle and just focus on Jesus during this time and enjoy what the season is truly about. It's about drawing near to Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen? Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I love to hear Andy Williams sing that, don't you? I was listening to it on the radio just the other day and thinking about it. It is a wonderful time. We just celebrated Thanksgiving. What a great opportunity just to let the Lord know how grateful we are for all the good and wonderful things He's done for us. And by the way, I was reading the other day, and, and they have made turkey one of the highest meats on the list for being good for our bodies. But at the same time, it's hazardous to your wardrobes. It causes clothes to shrink. Any of you experienced that? <laughs> well, we no sooner put away the leftovers and we look out the window and here are our neighbors putting up Christmas decorations and hanging lights and everything. And my neighbor was doing that uh, Sunday afternoon. And I stuck my head out the door and said, Bah humbug, it's too cold. <laughs> you know. But it was fun to watch that and to see that. There's this sense already in the neighborhood of anticipation that Christmas is just around the corner. And I hope that you're sensing that too in your own heart and in your own life. What is anticipation? Well, it's a sense of expectancy, excitement, and maybe even a little bit of suspense. That's certainly what it was for me as a child growing up. See, I'm the firstborn of the firstborn. You know what that means? I was the whole banana for a while. And my dumb sister had to be born, and then those crazy cousins came along. They ruined everything. But for a while, you know, being the firstborn of the firstborn, my, I had uncles and aunts that were preteens and teens still. And they didn't seem to have that same excitement, enthusiasm, and anticipation about Christmas Eve and Christmas morning that I did. You know, I mean, I had to go to bed early. That was just part of the deal. And about midnight, I'd wake up and wonder, is it time yet? No, better not get up too early. I'd wake up, I'd look at my little clock in my room, it'd be 2 o'clock. Oh, maybe now. No, no, if they get up now, my uncles and aunts will kill me. I'd force myself back to sleep. I'd wake up about 4.30. Oh man, it's time now. And I'd run to the house. I couldn't know the anticipation of what was going to be there because it was Christmas. And of course, I did. I beat the rooster to the punch. I ran around the farmhouse waking up. Everybody, Santa Claus has come. Wow, I was blessed. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, and my uncles and aunts dragged out of bed. 
Call me names I can't repeat this evening. They just didn't have that same sense of anticipation that I did. You see, anticipation is described as an emotion involving pleasure, excitement, and sometimes even a little bit of anxiety. You know, the kind of makes you wake up at midnight and two, four. <laughs> you're, you're waiting for a longed, good event to take place. Thousands of years passed between Genesis 3.15, where the promise was given that one would crush the head of Satan and destroy the enemy who had destroyed God's wonderful relationship with man and man's relationship with God. Between that and John 3.16, between that and Matthew 1, a lot of years passed. We sing about that when we sing the Christmas hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. And yet the scripture tells us in spite of all those many, many years, there were all those people, always those people who did not lose hope. They kept expecting. They kept waiting. They kept anticipating Messiah will come. And then the scripture says, when the time was right, Jesus came. Max Lucado said it this way. It all happened in a most remarkable moment, a moment like no other. God became a man. Divinity arrived. Heaven opened herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb, and God had come near. In Peterson's The Message, he translates John 14, 1 14 like this. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. And I challenge you this evening, before we look further into the word, to make up your mind now, I will not get caught up in the hustle and bustle. I will not let my heart and mind be distracted by the busyness, even the good things. But I will, with the help of the Lord, focus my attention on God. Focus my attention on Jesus and what the Lord has done for us when God became a man. Well, let's see what God's Word has to say about that. Since we're combining uh, two services into one this evening, I'll be looking at two different texts. The first one is found in Paul's letter to the church at Rome, the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Paul describes the hope and peace that is ours in Christ. And then later we'll turn to Philippians chapter 4. But if you would for now, please, turn to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, and stand, please, in honor of God's word. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time when we were all still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. In verses 1 and 2, we are reminded why Jesus is given the name Jesus. Yeshua, 
a transliteration of Joshua. Jehovah is salvation, or Jehovah is our Savior. Because He and He alone is the one who can save us from our sins. He and He alone justifies us, declares the sin debt paid in full, and brings us into right relationship with God and our fellow man. And as a result of this, Paul writes, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And we have access. I love that word in the original language. It's the word that you would use to say, you can now come into the presence of the King. <laughs> we have access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to the Holy One. We have access to God Almighty. We have access to everything Jesus is, everything Jesus said, everything Jesus has done, and everything Jesus wants for you and me. This access comes to us because we put our faith and trust in what Jesus has done. And we can draw near to the God who came to draw near to us. And when we do draw near to God, we find our hearts are filled with rejoicing and hope. Again, listen to verse 2 as translated in the message. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that He has already thrown open His door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting His praise. And then in verses 3 through 5, we see that this hope and peace is not like anything that the world has to offer us. For the hope and peace that, give, that Jesus gives enables us to endure the problems, trials, and temptations of life victoriously, and have peace and joy in our hearts, regardless of the circumstances that we may face. We have hope. Hope is not a wish. It is a positive expectancy for God to act on our behalf for our good and His glory. So we have a peace and joy in the midst of suffering. We have the ability to persevere, the, the ability to hang in there. You know, when you get to verse 6, it says... And when the time was right, Christ died for us. Let me just take a side road here just for a moment. I remember as a kid, I just couldn't hardly wait. You remember the countdown? We had one of those countdown calendars, you know, getting to Christmas. I, I, I'd do anything if I could just kind of push that little circle forward, you know, and get rid of some of those days and, and have Christmas just hurry up and get here. And I find that sometimes even as an adult, when I'm praying and waiting on the Lord, I forget about a very important word, a three-letter word called yet. See, maybe you're praying about something, but you don't have the answer yet. Maybe you're waiting on something, but you don't have the answer yet. Maybe you've been expecting God to move into a in a certain situation or in a certain way, but it hasn't happened yet. But I can tell you when it's going to happen at just the right time. And I can tell you this, God will choose the time. Yes. Yeah, but we don't always like to say amen to that in our hearts, do we? We want God to choose our time. And yet Christmas came at just the right time. No other time in history had it been like it was for the gospel to end up being spread around the world in the time when Jesus came. And when the time is right, Jesus will come again. There's a lot of people trying to tell us what that time is. I read in the book. We don't know. How do those guys get rich selling those books, telling us when Jesus is coming, when the Bible tells us that we don't know? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But we do know this, when the time is right, He'll come. When the time is right, you'll get your answer. 
when the time is right, you'll see the hand of God. When the time is right, it'll all come together and the pieces will fit. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. You see, this hope, this positive expectation results in a peace that comes from the very throne of God to us. Paul describes it this way, and now we turn to Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. I'll not ask you to stand again, but if you would just look at that in your Bibles with me, I'll be reading from the NIV. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe you've not thought about it, but in a way, what Paul is telling us is that hope, our positive expectation that God's going to take care of us, is what makes it possible for us to live at peace. Hope and peace create a harmony that puts our hearts and minds at ease. I want to ask you this evening, whatever you're facing in life right now, whatever you're going through, even if you're in theology class, whatever it might be, okay, are you at peace? Is there a sense of harmony in your life that no matter what's going on around you, there is a stability that comes from the very throne of God? that makes it possible for us to respond positively and expectantly to the circumstances of life. The truth is, we can hardly explain why we're not wringing our hands and being worry warts. It's indescribable. Paul said it's almost beyond understanding, but there is a peace, a deep, settled peace in our soul, the gospel writer said. What a Christmas gift. You can't use it up. And it lasts for a lifetime. Isn't that great? Hope and peace. God's gifts to you this Christmas. Let me ask you a few questions this evening as we come to the close of chapel. Is your heart filled with hope and peace? It can be. You see, the choice is yours. Will you let Jesus remove any doubt, any despair, any trouble, any worry, Anything that's trying to rob the joy of your salvation or make you feel hopeless. For you see, we never should be hopeless, for we are people of hope. God is going to take care of whatever it is we are facing. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I may not see it, I may not feel it, I may not know how He's going to do it, but I know, thus saith the Lord. And I know that He said in His Word that He'll take all things, all things meaning all things, and work them together for our good and His glory. And I know that. So regardless of how I feel or how it looks or what's going on around me, my faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name and His Word. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of the Lord. And the good Word of the Lord says... God's going to take care of you. Amen? You believe that tonight? You see, in the midst of the storm, Jesus still calls out and says, Peace be still. Who is this man that even winds and waves obey him? He's the one who came as a little baby in a manger, who lived and served and loved and gave his life on a cross for you and me, to pay for our sins. 
but he rose from the dead and gave us his spirit to empower us for life and love and service and to give us holy hearts. So in the midst of the storm, Jesus still cries out, peace, be still. Are you in a kind of a stormy time of life right now? Has life become a hassle? Are you wondering if you can even get into the Christmas spirit because of what's going on? Well, you have a choice. You can turn to the one who says, Peace, be still. And the winds and the waves obey. And wouldn't it be great if you and I, like the winds and the wave, would obey and say, I will trust him. Good news. Jesus is still calling. Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened. So I say to you this evening, don't let anybody or anything rob you of your hope and your peace. When the devil whispers in your ear, if God really loved you, why is this happening? If God really loved you, why are you facing this? I have learned to say God really does love me, and I am not facing it alone. Instead of doubt, determine that you will respond to the call of God who draws near and let him fill you with hope and peace and multiply your joy. If it'd be helpful for you to do so, I would like for us to close the service around the altar for any who would like to come and kneel and draw close to God this evening. Come quickly for a time of prayer around the altar. And whatever your burden is, whatever your need is, or maybe someone that you need to intercede for because you know the Lord is trying to destroy or the, the enemy is trying to destroy their joy. If it be meaningful for you without music or singing, just get up from where you are and let's gather around these altars and go to the God of hope and peace and let him flood and fill our hearts. Would you come? Would you come? The altars are filled. You can come up on the platform if you wish or just stand behind another. There's room over here at this altar here. I am happy to declare to you tonight, God is with us. And all of his people said, Amen. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you this evening, we come to you and remember that the Apostle Paul often referred to you as the God of hope. You are our source of hope. Deep within our hearts, we have a positive expectancy that no matter where we are, no matter what we're facing, no matter what may be going on in life, no matter the unanswered prayer yet, no matter the fact that we haven't seen your hand yet, no matter the fact that we don't know your timing yet, our hearts cry out to a God of hope who fills us with his hope and says, I know the Lord will make a way for me. I know that God will answer my prayer. I know that God will intervene. I know that God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And I know that God will not leave me nor forsake me. I will not face anything alone. And so God... We ask this evening, if anybody is doubting, 
if anybody is feeling a sense of despair, if there's anyone here this evening who is struggling to wait and to be patient with that divine yet, wrap your arms round about them right now. Give that sense of knowing that God has drawn near. Thank you that your word tells us if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Let no one leave this place tonight feeling distant from God or feeling like God has lost our address or that God has somehow moved far away. For that is simply a deceptive feeling. For you will not leave us. You will not forsake us. And we will stand on your word this evening and anticipate that you will flood our hearts with hope. And Lord, that hope, standing on that hope, standing on your promises, enables us to experience your peace. For those who are going through a very stormy time, I pray that right now in their hearts, they will hear Jesus say, peace, be still. Speak to our hearts and remind us that you're in the boat with us. We're not traveling alone. And help us to not look for peace in anything, anyone, or anywhere else, but in Jesus. And so we declare to you this evening, you are our God of hope. You are our source of peace. And we accept these gracious gifts from your loving hand this Christmas as gifts that you give to us, not just at Christmas, but every day of the year. We thank you for hope. We thank you for peace. And we declare that by the help and the strength of the Holy Spirit, we will live in hope and peace for the rest of the world to see that truly, Emmanuel, God is with us. God is near. Jesus is here. These things we pray and ask in the sweet and precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Stand together, please. May the God who came near and is still near to us now bless your Christmas and your entire life with hope and peace and joy and love. Go in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming.